0: Episode ninety five, Section one thirty eight. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm pretty good. And we have Jacob back with us after a week off last week. How are you, Jacob?
1: Hey, I'm good. I'm happy to be back.
0: You enjoy your vacation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was busy, but. uh...
0: Um. Well, while you were gone, I don't know if you heard, but apparently Rogers wants to demolish the Rogers Center. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you probably heard about that. But there's other news. This week coming out, the biggest piece of news that we got, and I guess the thing that we'll start it off with, came yesterday um, out of Cleveland. We heard that the Cleveland baseball team would, quote, love, unquote, to trade um, Francisco Lindor to the Blue Jays in a deal involving Lourdes Goriel Jr. Um, We knew that these two teams were potential trade partners, but this is kind of the first picture we got of an actual firm deal potentially coming through. So right off the bat, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I know you talked a little bit about it in our group chat, but Francisco Lindor for Lourdes Goriel Jr., plus I'm assuming a couple prospects, would you do it?
1: All right, I'm going to start off and say I do not want this deal to be made. Not because I don't think Francisco Lindor is a good player, but he's not what the Blue Jays need right now. And I know, Bryson, you said to me that Francisco Lindor improves the team, and that is true. I mean, he is a very good player, but there are aspects of the team that I think need to be worked on right now before they just go and add, uh, not unnecessary, but they they improve on parts of the team that are already good. And, I mean, we saw this year with guys like Bichette, Biggio, they're pretty much going to stay in the infield. Uh, Biggio is interchangeable, but... If left to just natural processes, he's going to stay in, uh, in the infield. And I just, I don't think we need to really improve on that. Yes, technically improvements are possible, but I just, I like the infield right now. And plus, we've got guys like Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans who are only a couple years away who is going to just, add, or, or just gonna add to the complexities of this crowded infield. So I don't think that a guy like Francisco Lindor is needed. I mean, he, like I said, he's good. He would improve the team. But I think there are other things that should be uh, should be focused on right now before you just go and improve on aspects of the team that are already good. I mean, there's a big hole in the in the starting rotation. There's only, I mean, we have Ryu and Pearson. We have Tanner, not uh, Robbie Ray. But other than that, I mean, the fifth starter is kind of just gonna be whom, whoever takes it in spring training. But there needs to be a third starter and. I think there's parts of the team that do need to be improved upon before you just kind of improve on other aspects that are already good. And also one of the things that I kind of am a little confused on about this deal, it, a potential deal, is the fact that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is an outfielder and Francisco Lindor is an infielder. So if you trade Gurriel, then you're going to need an outfielder. And Many rumors over the last couple weeks have talked about George Springer, a guy that the Blue Jays are interested in. Yeah, I mean, that's somebody that you could replace him with. But, again, I, I, it's possible, but I just I don't think it necessarily needs to happen. At least right now. I, what I want to see the Blue Jays do is focus on the parts of the team, like I keep saying, that need immediate fixing. They need another starting pitcher. You can argue that they need more... Uh, relief pitchers, as we saw with AJ Cole, he is uh, he's been non-tendered. Ken Giles is out for the entire season next year, so there are aspects of the team that are not uh, kind of they're not complete for twenty twenty one. And I don't think that just trading for someone like Francisco Lindor, who is a good player, but it's just it's it's not what I think the Blue Jays need to do right now. It's it's not something of immediate focus. Although he is a good player, but it's just there. I th- I think this is the problem. The Blue Jays are kind of casting such a wide net over so many players and they've kind of just f- forgot about the aspects of the team that actually do need to be fixed rather than just, oh, well, all these players are available and we should just get whoever we need because that's just, as we've seen, I'll, I'll bring this up in a little bit, but I think possibly trying to get so many players is unfortunately going to hurt the Blue Jays, but yeah, just all in all, I don't want to see Francisco Lindor uh, traded to the Blue Jays.
2: Well, um, yeah, you guys know that I am all for this, and I still am all for this for Francisco Lindor. Uh, I just think, you know, for the basic word of upgrade, if you bring in Francisco Lindor, you are a better baseball team. And yes, <laughs> the infield is set right now. But you, you made a key point, Jacob, and you said that Cavan Biggio was interchangeable, and that is possible, and that is correct because Cavan Biggio can play. Multiple positions and he can play the outfield. And if you want to have a better team in the lineup, and Francisco Lindor is available, I think that trading for Francisco Lindor is something that you should widely consider, um, especially because I believe that he is a better player than pretty much Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and others who would be packaged. But the problem that comes with it, of course, is his contract. Uh, he has to get paid, he's going to be a free agent at the end of 2021. So that's the other that's pretty much the part holding it back. If there's a way you can bring him over and sign him um because pretty much he just wants to get paid right now. I just I still don't see how you don't do that. Uh you know, like you said Jacob, if you trade someone like Lourdes Gurriel Jr, uh you know, there are replacements and Cavabigio could be one of them who could play the outfield. And of course there is the George Springer rumors, but you know, you also made the point that they should be focusing on other aspects which I'm sure they are, just because you're focused on one doesn't mean you're not focused on pitching. They can easily be doing both. We know that the one, the key word that's been used this offseason so far is that the team will be aggressive. And just because they're focused on Lindor, it doesn't mean that they aren't focused on pitching behind the scenes because, quite frankly, none of us know what the heck they're thinking right now other than they're pretty much interested in a ton of players and a number of players, and many of those players are also pitchers. We went through this last week, Mark. We, talk, uh, we spoke about Garrett Richards. We, we've been speaking about... Others, we've been speaking about others that are available. There's Taiwan Walker who could be coming back. There's many other pitchers on the market right now who the Jays have somewhat kicked tires at. And um, that's the one thing that I think people need to understand is just because you're looking at Lindor, it doesn't mean your entire world stops and you're not looking at the outside picture and looking at at upgrading pitchers. So when it comes to that, uh, I'm confident that they will make upgrades to their pitching, which has to be addressed because you are right there, Jacob. But I just don't see how, you know, just Francisco Lindor... He's such a good player and everyone knows how good he is. and I just don't understand how you are against the idea, especially if you want an upgrade and the key word again is aggressive. That's why you know that's what aggressive means. You have to make moves and what, what sooner rather than later this team needs to keep making a push because when you look at where they are, they're playing in a division with the New York Yankees, the Tampa Bay Rays. And you know, I'm sure the goal is to become to come first place. But in order to do that, you need to get better. And if you want a shot at these teams, I think you need you need more product on the field. And if Francisco Lindor doesn't work out, um, you know it's okay. But I just I just don't see how you're against it as much, just because I know the contract has a big problem with it. But the one thing I am curious about, regardless of where he goes to, I am curious about the return that Cleveland will get because first of all, the report yesterday mention Loris Gurriel Jr. And in particular of somebody who would probably be a must. And I'm sure others would have to be involved in a deal. But that is the one thing I'm curious about is the asking price that Cleveland is wanting. And, you know, I just think that you should be in there. I think you should be going there. You should be kicking tires. You should be in the talk. You should be in talks with teams. And while you're doing this, you can also be signing pitchers. And while you're doing this, you can also sign George Springer. While you're doing this, you can sign other Anybody else. Like, it just doesn't stop because you're, look, you're looking at Francisco Lindor, and that was the point I was trying to make yesterday, Jacob, is because of that in particular. So we'll see what happens, but I am all for the Francisco Lindor. I still am, and I just think that he makes this team so much better if he comes over. And remember, Cavan Biggio can play the outfield. Just remember that. Uh, but I know the return that Cleveland would get would be substantial. So that is... The, the one thing when you make a trade in baseball, especially if you're trading away you know future assets for someone right now, especially someone who is going to be a free agent at the end of 2021. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'm still all for Francisco Lindor.
0: Okay, I see where you're coming from, Bryson. I get that the Blue Jays have to go for an upgrade this offseason. I get that they're being aggressive and they have to be aggressive given what they want to accomplish. But at the same time, what they have to give up for a single year, a single guaranteed year of Francisco Lindor, I just don't think it's worth it. Like, if this was a player who was under contract for more than one season, yes, if this was a player who wasn't going to come at such a high cost to the Blue Jays with such uncertainty, yes, but the fact is that he does, and he doesn't really even fill any need that the Blue Jays have. Like, of course, it would improve the team, and like you said, you can make things work internally to make it um, make him fit on the roster. But I just, I, I think there's too many hoops to jump through to make this in, in, to, to think about this as a good deal for the Blue Jays, that it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Cause to me, there's like, we've kind of touched on that a little bit, but there's like three parts to this deal that I think are important. And the first is the contract part of it, the extension part of it. Um, we heard in the report that we got yesterday out of Cleveland that, Lindor would consider signing a long term deal to stay in Toronto, but I think that's very different. And there's still a lot of uncertainty there when it comes to signing a long term extension. We don't know for sure whether he would, and you can't really get a guarantee of that, regardless, even if he's coming to Toronto. So that's one thing that I think there's a big word of caution there because, yes, he's a great player. Yes, he would be an upgrade. Yes, it would be the Blue Jays being aggressive. But if you're only getting him for one year, no thanks. So I, I, that's a key part that's huge uncertainty and even if he's leaning towards signing with Toronto I still don't want to take that risk the second part of it is Lord is Goriel jr um assuming he would be one of the key parts of the deal going the other way to Cleveland because apparently that's what they want he's a great player I mean there is some uncertainty around whether he can continue his pace that he had in 2020 hitting over 300 um whether he even, you know, in previous seasons before 2020, has really been all that good, because there are some advanced metrics that are kind of skeptical on him. But in my mind, for what he costs, which is over the next three years, $15 million, it's a bargain. Even if he's a league average player, he's incredible, and I think he's going to be better than a league average player. So if you have to send Lourdes Goriel Jr. the other way, combining that with the fact that the the contract long-term contract is uncertain and then combining it with I think the third factor in this which is where does he play you know does he he I I think it's guaranteed he would play at shortstop okay then where does Bobashek go I guess he goes to second okay then Kevin Biggio goes to left field I again I think that's too many hoops to jump through and maybe you have you sign George Springer in left field and then Lindor at shortstop and then Bichette at second and then there's been talk about moving Biggio to third it's just I think it's too many hoops to jump through and this is uh, you're talking about again going back to the contract thing about moving Bo Bichette to second base to make room for a guy who's only guaranteed to be with the Blue Jays for one year while Bichette still has six years left before he's a free agent so you're talking about the career of of one guy with the Blue Jays, maybe longer than six years if they sign him after that, for one year of Francisco Lindor. Again, it's just, for me, too many hoops to jump through to make this whole thing work, and I think it's just too complicated uh, because of the three different parts I mentioned, whether it's Bo whether it's the contract, whether it's Lord Goriel Jr. I don't think it works um in either of those three dimensions and I think like I said it's too many hoops to jump through to make it work for the Blue Jays
1: well even uh, like you mentioned that's a. I think one, one thing we also have to realize uh, I think one thing we also need to realize is that I, I said earlier with guys like Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans where do they then play I, I highly doubt that the Blue Jays after they surprisingly drafted Austin Martin everybody thought he was going to be picked you know second or even first or definitely not fifth the Blue Jays have him I highly doubt that they would just be willing to trade him you know even if it was for you know a really good player I I honestly I think the Blue Jays want to keep him in part in uh in their long-term plans and if you even if you sign Francisco Lindor to you know four or five-year extension or three years anything like that you then have just even more of a crowded infield, and I, like I said, who do you get rid of? Do you get rid of uh, Biggio, Put him in the outfield. Well, then what happens with Bichette? What happens with Martin? You know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. probably is going to stay at first base, but you know, again, that's just it's just adding to the complexities of where. Yeah, he. I think Francisco Lindor is a great player. He would definitely help the Blue Jays, but it's just it's it's kind of just like really awkward in the sense that they just so many different things would have had to have to be moved around in order to make it work
2: yeah well it comes with a lot of problems and uh, it comes with a lot of but I just think as well I think it, when you have all these pieces I think sometimes it's a good problem to have if you want to move around players in order to upgrade your lineup and what I mean by that is if you have to move Biggio to a different position, if you have to move Bichette over and to have a better team on the field to compete with the teams like the Yankees and Rays, I, I like how you can have that flexibility because that's the one thing that this management likes is flexibility. And uh, with Luis Correale Jr., he's also under contract until 2025. So, you know, he has another four years. So that's that's another risk you're taking because he is locked up long-term. When you bring over Francisco Lindor... Of course, the extension, like I said, pretty much the contract is holding it back. But if you can take, I just think, it's, I just feel like if you can take that risk, because everyone's talking about, okay, he's going to leave after one year. He'll leave after one year. But what if, he, what if you sign him? What about the other possibility? If you can manage to lock him up, regardless of if it's when he comes over here, maybe it's part way through the season, maybe it's right in the winter. Who knows? We saw what happened with Mookie Betts. They took the exact same approach with Mookie Betts. And um, they managed to sign him long-term. They signed him to 10 years. And Francisco Lindor just seems like... It's Francisco Lindor just would seem like a player who would make sense for this team. I know there's a lot of hurdles, like you said. And I just feel like it also could be a good problem to have. This is a guy who's had a career war over five pretty much for, since 2015 to 2019. This year, uh, I believe it was below one, but of course... The number of games pretty much impacted, I guess, everyone's numbers. It didn't give you a good reflection of who they were. But this guy's been an all-star for four straight years, and I think he could be worth it. And especially if you can bring him over here and sign him, because everyone's talking about the negative impact or the con. What if you actually are able to sign him long-term? And that's the one thing that I think could potentially be done. Uh, There's a connection there with the front office because of Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. And that's why I just feel like it could make sense and um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but of course we know there's many other suitors because I'm pretty sure oh, a handful of teams, pretty much every team I'm sure, has asked Cleveland about him. So that's the one thing that's going to happen. But there's other things going on in the outside, like you said. There's George Springer, and there's other players who the Jays could still sign while they're doing this. So I understand why there is a lot of hurdles, but I just look at it from the way that it could be a good problem to have because of all the flexibility that you do have and yes, there is people like Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans, but I highly doubt Austin Martin will be around next year. Uh, Jordan Groshans is pretty close, so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, he could potentially be involved. You because you can't rule that out, obviously. And just be, and of course, there could be other trades that occur during the season or beforehand, so that could be one problem. And um, I just you know who knows what's going to happen because all the assets the Jays do have, they are loaded with assets. Nobody. Uh, or nobody's arguing that, but and they do have the assets to pull this off, and that's the one thing that uh, I look at it as well from. But I just, I don't know, I just like the idea of Francisco Lindor being here. I know you two are on the fence, but you you guys, you know what, you guys have seen it. The Jays are going to be aggressive, and if they want to be aggressive, you have to be prepared for this, because this is something that could very well happen within the next few weeks, within the next month. And we will see what happens, but the rumors of Francisco Lindor go back to pretty much last um, last winter, I believe. It's when it kind of first started or when the Blue Jays kind of began to surface. And it's another season where he wasn't paid and signed by Cleveland. Uh, the rumors have com- increased significantly and it's almost a lock that he will be traded uh, prior to opening day in 2021. So this is something that is likely to happen to the Blue Jays. I do think it's a very realistic possibility and something that they should widely consider for these reasons.
0: Yeah, Bryson, you said like flexibility and it's a good problem to have. But in my opinion, it's just like, it's the opposite of flexibility. Like it's a headache for the Blue Jays because getting Lindor means that so much has to move around. It To me, it seems like the opposite of flexibility. It seems like a headache to me. And I, I don't think it's a good problem to have because it means that you have to move so many different parts around the entire team. And like I said, it's just too many hoops to jump through, too many steps. One one too many steps too far. Um, you know, going to trade this guy and then signing him to a long term deal and then moving Bichette to second base and then moving Kevin Biggio to third base and then signing George Springer in the outfield. There's too many things that have to fall into the perfectly into the right place. Uh, I just it seems way too complicated to me, and it seems like it just makes so much more sense for the Blue Jays to just say, okay, we're going to sign George Springer. We're going to sign Jake Odorizzi. And then we call it a day and we get the high impact players we want. Well, it improves our team. And well, we don't have to be worried about extensions and stuff. So that's where I'm coming from.
2: I understand that. But the thing is too, if you do this and you have to move these players around, you have the pieces to do it. It's not like if you trade one, then you're missing these pieces. You have the pieces within the organization to do this. So yeah, it is a headache. And there's no arguing that, but I just, I think it's a good headache to have. I think it's a problem that you want because you have the assets to do this even after a trade. But like I said, you know, it would, you know, you, like you said, George Springer, Jake Odorizzi would sound very good. And I think it would sound better if you bring in George Springer and trade for Lorde, I'm sorry, uh, Francisco Lindor, or even both, or Jake Odorizzi. But we'll see what happens. Like like I said, we no one's arguing they have the assets. And yes, it would be a headache, but I just feel like... If you have these pieces, it's a good problem to have. It would be good to implement a better roster. But at the end of the day, if they don't get them, I wouldn't be totally upset. It's not like I'm going to completely lose my mind if they don't end up getting them. I just think this is something that you have to approach significantly, not cautiously. But overly aggressive is what the word's been used. And we'll see what happens because, um, like I said, they have the pieces to do it. And let's hope if it does happen, they don't give up too much because that's the other thing that you worry about, especially with the contract situation.
1: Okay, so speaking of the complexities of this deal or a potential deal and what the Blue Jays should do this offseason, it was interesting. So earlier today, actually, like I think it was two hours ago, I saw an article on the Score and it had a very interesting take on the Blue Jays. And it was talking about winter meetings and who's going to do what and you know how our team's going to address their needs. And it was it featured a quote from Jason Wilson in the in the article and it said basically the Blue Jays are going to come away empty-handed from winter meetings, and it said that basically because the fact that the Blue Jays are casting such a wide net over free agents, uh, potential trade targets, they're basically saying any 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 player that's good, we want, and they said that unfortunately that might hurt the Blue Jays because going for such a large quantity of players might kind of skew their focus and you know they're looking at way too many guys and then unfortunately nothing ends up happening Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting it was funny I I quote here it said that the Mets are going to steal the show uh interesting take uh but with the Blue Jays basically the fact that they said the Blue Jays are not going to come out with anything was really interesting I want to kind of get your guys opinions I'm kind of I don't know I'm on the fence with this because I do think they'll make some moves but at the same time who knows maybe maybe there is some validity in the fact that the blue Jays are looking at everybody and then they end up not moving quick enough because they're you know trying to calculate at with uh, the complexities of every move,
2: yeah, um to be honest with you, when I look at this article or when I hear about it because I haven't read it Jacob, but it makes it would make a lot of sense if or I would completely understand why they would believe that. If the jays came up empty-handed because well first of all i know they they do have a wide they have casted a wide margin of free agents that they've been targeting we've received comments about it of how they're interested in the entire league i don't want to get into that again but we have noticed that and um i just the one problem of this market of course is that you have to overpay and if they're not willing to overpay then the possibility of coming up empty-handed is realistic and if you want and for that as well um, superstars coming here are likely via trade rather than free agency other than Hunjin Ryu who the Jays managed to get last winter but um, you know I think it is a little bit harsh to say they'd come up empty-handed as well because uh, this front office has been working hard pretty much the entire course of when they've been here they've changed directions from a rebuilding to a competing phase from the past year and when you look at Hunjin Ryu they got something done last winter and I just I don't understand how Coming up empty-handed this winter seems possible for this team, but at the other hand, or on the other side of it, I wouldn't be surprised for the reason that you have to overpay, and if the Jays are gonna have you know get to a point where they would not want to pay as much, then that's what would happen. But someone like George Springer, you you have to imagine that you'd have to overpay him um, by a a decent amount for him to come here. Um, I just. I just feel like that is a bit harsh, though, because I do think the Jays will end up with something. And I think it's a good thing that you have a wide margin of free agents that you're looking after because of all this. Because, like I said, we uh, Jacob, I made the point last week to Mark, is that I'd rather them be interested in everyone rather than nobody. Because at least with that, you know that they're going after these players. And at the other side of things, people will complain even if you're not interested. So that's that's the one thing I've experienced, too, with the, a team that's gone from rebuilding to competing. So you know, casting a wide margin of free agents, I like the idea of it, and I just it gives you a lot of other options if something doesn't you know plan out the way it should be planning out from their their plans. But uh, you know, Met, you know the Mets thing that you mentioned too, I I I, I find that reasonable because of the Steve Cohen uh, purchase. They he's pretty much been compared to the Steve Ballmer of the MLB, who is so rich and who is wanting to spend money. And as flat out said now, if they don't win a World Series in two years, he'd be disappointed. So I am very, or I am expecting the Mets to come in uh, very significantly making big splashes because they, they have the money to do it now. And the one thing too is Rogers does have the money to do it as well. It's just that how much money they're willing to give the Jays to spend is another topic, but we know that they have the money to do it. We've been over this as well over the past couple of years, but uh, coming up empty-handed seems a bit harsh and I find it unrealistic that that happens. But no one's arguing from the fact that you have to overpay to bring people here. And that's obviously the one disadvantage of uh, Toronto. And that's the one thing that everyone's noticed for years. But coming up empty-handed seems very harsh. And I do think they'll come up with something uh, before spring training starts.
0: Yeah, and on the topic of spreading themselves too thin, uh, reported just about uh, 15 minutes ago, John Morosi saying that the Blue Jays are interested in Mike Fears. Um, pitcher, formerly of the Oakland Athletics. So that's another name to add to the list. And the whistleblower. Maybe we can talk about it um, later in this podcast. But yeah, th- they're interested in a lot of guys. But ultimately, I think I agree with everything you said, Bryson. I think Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, they're they're smart enough to realize what their priorities are. I don't think they're going to spread themselves too thin. I think they will end up with someone um, or you know, as we've mentioned, two or three big pieces, because I think they're smart enough to realize what their priorities are, how much time and energy and money they have to dedicate to each of those players. So yeah, I don't... I don't really think that's going to be the case. I can definitely see where people are coming from if they think that. But, again, we talked about this last week. I think you just got to be patient and trust what the Blue Jays are doing. They're going to be aggressive. We know the position they're in. Um, we know they're going to want to go and get guys. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to spread themselves too thin and end up not getting anyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with you guys. I doubt the Blue Jays will literally come out empty-handed. You know, I think they will make at least a move whether it's a trade or a signing or something uh but i think it's weird because i i don't necessarily agree with the fact that they're going to not do anything but i think there is a very real possibility that they will end up you know not getting a lot of the guys that they have expressed interest in and i think one thing we all should should remember is they've pretty much expressed expressed interest in like bryson said the entire league so even if they only make two or three acquisitions, that's already, you know, a lot of guys that they were interested in that they didn't sign. But at the same time, like I said, and like you guys said, they're probably going... They're going to make a move for sure, but who knows if maybe just the looking at everybody hurts them and maybe, you know, they try to make one move and then something else that they were also looking at or someone else that they were looking at gets taken by another team. I think it's possible. I mean the the Blue Jays are competing with 30 other teams for all these players so or 29 other teams so it's not like they're the only person or only team in the market looking for other players to sign or even trade but yeah i think overall we'll see something from the Blue Jays but it's just overall it who knows maybe this article does have some or its projections do have some you know some foreshadowing
0: yeah so with that let's move on to the names that we want to talk about today um it seems every week we have new names to add to the list and it's the same case for this week now of course mike fears is being added to that list but we also have marcelo Zuna, um gene sakura um lots of names added to the list I like we beat this to death every week. I don't know how much we want to talk about it, um. but let's start off with fears since that's the latest news. Um, Not a big name. You know, he had a, a 4.58 ERA and 11 starts last year, but he could be kind of a backup option for the blue Jays. If some of the other options fall through or even a complimentary addition, if they get a bigger name, like Jake Odorizzi or Trevor Bauer, maybe Mike fears comes in in the fourth or fifth spot in the rotation, fills things out. Um, Quickly, do you guys have any thoughts on this or, or some of the other names that the Blue Jays have been mentioned in this week?
1: Yeah, I think overall the Blue Jays are just doing you know, what they've been doing all offseason and anybody that can improve the team or addresses a need is going to be looked at. Mike Fires is interesting. Uh, like you said, Mark, probably would be a back end of the rotation type starter. Not a bad option. I mean, the fifth starter is kind of the one position where the Blue Jays kind of expected somebody to audition for it. You know, we were looking at guys like Anthony Kay, um, whatnot. They could, uh, whoever performs the best in spring training gets that fifth spot, whereas in the third spot, it's probably going to be somewhere external or from an external source, from a signing or a trade. But with Mike Fires, it's interesting. He could take up your fifth starter. I mean, he is 35, so, you know, it might only be a year maybe two, something like, something like that, maybe kind of do what Matt Shoemaker did, but overall, I mean, the Blue Jays are just, you know, they're looking at everybody, and it's not a bad a bad thing to have all your options available, but overall, I think, I, I don't know, it's hard to say if a deal is likely, because, again, they've looked at everybody, but it, would he be a good option for the Blue Jays? It wouldn't be a bad option, I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah, um, Mike Fires is interesting as well. Um, it kind of reminds me of, Mark, what we brought up last week with Garrett Richards, you know, kind of like the same caliber of a player, kind of almost like a fallback option. But, you know, I, when I think of Mike Fires, I obviously think about the famous whistleblower from the Astros scandal uh, in 2017. But, uh, you know, he's he's a decent pitcher. He's a good, um, you know, he'd be a good back end of the rotation uh option a kind of a good fallback option and i'm sure or i don't know if you guys have also seen this but a report came from an hour ago that the mets actually approached the blue jays about a Stephen Matz trade i don't know if you guys saw that um the jays didn't seem overly i it just i guess the asking price wasn't there but uh kind of interesting how that was also or the mets kind of approached the jays about that is they're kind of uh the mets are shopping uh steven so i guess the jays didn't budge on that or maybe discussions are ongoing but um I guess that's another potential name around the league who could be traded by the winter meetings or traded by spring training. But um, you know, I like these players. This is why I like the amount of interest they have. Is because if something doesn't happen, they can fall back to these other names. Uh, Garrett Richards again was one of them who were was discussed last week, and of course, uh, the Mike Fires rumors are just uh, approaching right now, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see. We'll see what happens with um, other players. Maybe. Um, within the organization as well, who left last year, like uh, Matt Shoemaker or Taiwan Walker. And like I said, lots of options, but Mike Fires wouldn't be a bad option. Uh, A good fallback option for the back end of the rotation. And the Steven Matz report from an hour ago interested me a little bit, but it doesn't seem like that is going to go anywhere at this time. But um, I don't know if you guys had any other thoughts or other names. Who else was I missing? Marcel Ozuna again, another outfielder who could be a potential fit. Uh, maybe someone like George Springer doesn't work out you can fall back and go after Marcelo zuna so that's that's what I think about like that but uh like I said we'll see what happens and I hope hopefully we're getting to the point where actual signings are coming because again they're gonna have to come at, at some point but I think we're getting closer to that time as well and it'll be a lot more exciting to talk about once these actually uh happen or even these trades actually happen
0: yeah Ozuna, I really just see as a, a backup to George Springer like he's a good player but Springer is better, so Springer should be the priority. And Segura, I don't really think there's much to that. I think the Blue Jays just kind of checked in, um, and that's it. I don't really think they're pursuing him in any way. Um, talking about infielders, I think they would much rather prefer Francisco Lindor than a guy like Gene Segura. So I think that's where that stands. And don't want to open that can of worms again, but it's interesting hearing about the Steven Matz rumors because I actually hadn't heard about that, but, um, Yeah, I mean, these are the two most competitive teams and aggressive teams this offseason, so it's no surprise that they've been linked to each other, and it's interesting to see that. And obviously, they're going to be competing for a lot of the same free agents. We've already seen that happen um, with the likes of DJ LeMahieu. We know it's kind of like a three-horse race right now between the Yankees, Blue Jays, and uh, Mets, or at least that's what we heard this morning from Shai Davidi. So um, definitely interesting to see those two teams linked um in that way but i guess last thing before we um leave this podcast alone and all the news that we have this week um the blue jays this week uh with the the tender the contract tender deadline they uh non-tendered travis shaw and they non-tendered uh, A.J. Cole from the team. Um, I think it was expected that they would get rid of Travis Shaw. He didn't have the best season. It wasn't a bad season, but he didn't have the best season. doesn't really fit with the Blue Jays as we talk about their infield surplus. Uh, I think a lot of people were surprised about A.J. Cole. We know the bullpen is a weakness of this team, and A.J. Cole has been really good for the Blue Jays in 2020. Um, I mean, he put up a 3.09 ERA in 23.1 Innings advanced stats were a little bit less favorable to him, his FIP was a little bit worse. But he was still really, really good. So a lot of people are confused about this move. A lot of people are speculating that the Blue Jays just want the roster space. They don't want to eat up a spot on their 40 man roster that's already pretty packed with a guy like A.J. Cole when they think they can go out and get a better player either on the free agent market or the trade market. But still, it seems a little bit odd that a guy like Cole, who obviously comes for cheap, would not get tendered a contract. So what do you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm confused as to why they did this. I, like you say, with Travis Shaw, they the Blue Jays have a, more infielders than they need. Uh, he was kind of just a put him anywhere type of player. He was good, wasn't necessarily bad, but there's only so many, you know, there's only so many games in a season, and I mean Travis Shaw just wasn't really fitting for them. But with AJ Cole, just why? I I, I don't get this. His interesting enough, he. I think this was actually one of his, ERA-wise, it was one of his best seasons. His career ERA is 4.65, 6, 4. whereas, like you said, this year it was uh, 3.9, or 3.09, I should say, but I, I don't know why the Blue Jays just didn't offer him a contract. I mean, he was only making just over 550000 this year, so I, mean, I don't know. I, I would have liked it them to at least, now he's a free agent, so I mean, there's still the possibility of re-signing him, but I, I kind of, you know, I have a bit of doubt that they would non-tender him and then say, actually, you, you can come back to our team, but I, I liked him, he was good. Uh, the one thing that's interesting, I mentioned this earlier, Ken Giles out for the year, Rafael Dolis probably going to stay as the closer, so there's there's innings that are available for AJ Cole, and he was good this year, I, it's just it's confusing to me, especially considering like I said earlier, pitching is the area that the Blue Jays need to focus on in the off season. So it's just, it's one of those things where I, I'm just a little bit confused. If they go out and get a better player, then I guess this doesn't really matter because then they have you know the the option that they wanted available. Uh, but as of right now, I I don't know if I agree with the move.
2: Yeah, uh, there's not much for me. That I think I just um, the only thing thing that makes sense about AJ Cole is what Mark said how it would kind of be like just money that you're kind of saving for another asset that you could could go after it gives you more flexibility financially. Uh, The Travis Shaw thing was pretty much expected. Uh, He he was pretty disappointing this year, and um, there's just there's no room for him anymore on this team. There's no need for him. I don't think as well. And there's prospects that are getting closer to the MLB level, so it just makes sense for that. But yeah, AJ Cole pitched well and. his first year, and like you said, Jacob Rafael Dulles is probably gonna or could remain this closer. J- Jordan Romano is another name, but uh, it was a little bit surprising. But the only the only way that makes sense would be uh, to save the money for something else, and that would be pretty much the only thing I would take away from it. But yeah, definitely a little surprising about AJ Cole, but I would it would make sense if that's what if that's the reason why they didn't uh, non tender him. But Travis Shaw uh, was very was expected, and um. I just, again, no room for him on this team, in my opinion. And uh, he did not play very good in 2020. So uh, it's all right, but uh, we'll see what happens again. If they, you know, that's more money saved, even if you get rid of Travis Shaw as well, because he could have been brought back. So that's uh, some contracts that have been freed up or let go from him. And we'll see what happens if they use that towards uh, future assets, free agency, or even via trade.
0: I saw a lot of people comparing the Blue Jays' non-tendering AJ Cole and then asking why also this week they signed um, Tim Mesa back to a minor league contract. Uh it's very different though, in my opinion, because if we believe the excuse or the reasoning that the Blue Jays non tendered AJ Cole for an extra space on their roster, signing Tim Mesa doesn't take away that spot on the roster because it's a minor league deal. Um and also I think signing Tim Mesa to a minor league deal is just a really good idea overall because he was fantastic the last season that he was healthy um 2019 and he's a lefty out of the bullpen exactly what the blue jays need if he can um you know turn out to be a good arm out of the bullpen if he can return from his injury um well so yeah i like that deal and it's different if you buy the excuse that the blue jays were trying to get room on their roster but yeah it is confusing and i think this move could come back to bite the blue jays in the butt I think it, it could kind of screw them over if AJ Cole signs with a different team and puts up the same numbers that he did this season, next season. I think like he has a potential to be maybe not quite all-star, but kind of around that level. If he puts up a, a three point zero nine year rave or full season of relief work, like that's all-star level. So I think this could bite the Blue Jays in the butt and screw them over. If he does come back and sign with another team and do that, um, do the same as he did this season, next season. But uh, I hope it doesn't. I hope um, we can trust the Blue Jays on this one. But yeah, this is a confusing deal. I can definitely understand why some people are frustrated about it. And that's all we have for this week. Uh, Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode of Section 138. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Section138Pod. You can rate and review our podcast, which always helps spread the word. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be back next week. We'll have a new list of players and maybe some transactions to talk about as the winter meetings go down. But Until then, stay safe, and we'll catch you next week.